In preparation for uh, today's message, we shall be reading from the book of John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. That's uh, John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness what has not overcome it. John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. The title of today's message is Word of God. This is a new series on John where we will go through all the chapters line by line and verse by verse. And we believe that is how we should teach God's Word in chronological exposition. And once in a while, we share some topics relevant to situations or events in our nation or in our city or in our church. However, the regular preaching and teaching of God's Word is to preach what the author said, explain what they meant, and then see how relevant or how we apply it today. And we believe that this is a discipline so that we would be careful not to preach what is wrong. Because if we preach wrong teaching without digging to the intent of the author, if we use 21st century understanding of why it was written and what those words mean, we might end up with the wrong application. And that is where the statement comes, with the right teaching comes right living. And some people say, the important thing is to be Christ-like. I think that is important. Very important, but how do you become Christ-like? According to your perspective or according to the careful teaching of God's Word? We would rather go to the careful teaching of God's Word. And it is a struggle for every preacher and every teacher to take the time to study and to research the history and analyze the grammar. And we keep telling this to you so that you may also be encouraged to learn and to study and to dig for your own selves, to confirm if every preacher you hear, whether here or online, is actually teaching within the context of Scripture and not merely their own opinion. The Gospel according to John, somehow when we read the beginning of John, it's a little bit different from Matthew Mark, and Luke, instead of citing the other three writings, John writes definitely from his own memory of the events and discourses of our Lord. Yet John had a very specific purpose for his writing, and that is why he took a different angle than simply narrating the earthly ministry of Christ. Now, unlike Matthew and Luke, John did not begin with a genealogy. Matthew and Luke had genealogies. 
the son of, the son of, the son of, the son of, until Christ. Proving that he is indeed rooted from Abraham and, and David. But John begins much further than the earthly genealogies. Now, unlike Mark, John did not begin with the earthly narrative. Mark began with Jesus reading from Isaiah without genealogy. John did not begin with the earthly ministry of Christ. He began teaching who Christ was in eternity and still is. John began with the existence of the Word. God did not create the Word. The Word was there in the beginning. Furthermore, John stated that the world came into existence because of the Word. Nothing could have existed without the Word. But from creation, from the origins, John would then, John would then shift from a physical creation standpoint to a spiritual standpoint. And here you will see the technique of John's writing where he uses duality and sometimes dual meaning, but the two meanings are correct. And sometimes when we use vocabulary, even in English, we ask, what do you mean by that? Because there are different meanings of a certain word. So we say, what do you mean? Now, if we look at the, the vocabulary that John used in the Greek, and his style of writing, we will see some dualities that actually are supported with the whole epistle. Or, well, let's not call this an epistle. His narrative of his version of the gospel, which is aligned with Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It just has a different emphasis. Now, if we think there's a meaning there, but it is not supported with the rest of the chapters until the end, then we're kind of careful to say that's the meaning. Or we say that's the, do, the other meaning that is consistent. No, it's not consistent if it's not supported. That's why when we see here the word believe in John, which was used many times, we have to look at its usage in the different ways that John used believe. And here we see certain things. Now, like John would talk about the physical creation of the earth. And he is light. And then he would shift to the spiritual side of it. When you say light, it means the physical and the spiritual as well. But used differently in different times. The author would reveal as part of his prologue. Now, John chapter 1, verse 1 up to verse 18 is the introduction of the whole Gospel of John. And uh, sometimes we read books that have an introduction. And uh, writers are encouraged to be structured, especially if you are in academic writing. When you write your abstract, there must be a certain structure there that reflects the whole research. And in other books, the introduction somehow 
gives a structure of what we will see in the rest of the book. Now, John chapter 1, verses 1 to 18 is known as the prologue, like an introduction. And there are themes we see here, or statements like a thesis statement, or statements that we will see in the rest of the book, supported by the rest of this book. Now, he would reveal that the word became flesh, meaning the word we speak about is Christ himself. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And it's very interesting when we get to that verse because the word dwelt among us, John is making reference to the tabernacle. He tabernacled among us. And if we studied Exodus, or you were here already when we studied Exodus, the tabernacle was the glory of God dwelling with His people Israel in the Old Testament. And He became flesh and dwelt among us, also meaning He tabernacled among us. And uh, I'd just like to say that this is a very, very important book in the Bible. Now, the author is known to be John the Beloved, because there are many Johns. Until today, there are many Johns. If you see somebody you don't know the name, you call him John. In Filipino, we call him Juan. Now, John, it's John the Beloved, believed to be John the Apostle, or John the brother of James, as there were James and John. But it's very interesting if you see Matthew and, and, and the other synoptic Gospels. John is also known as one of the sons of thunder. You know why? Because when there were people going against Christ, Lord, you want me to call thunder from the heavens like Elijah? He, he really felt so much pride in himself. But during his writing here and his writings in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and even in Revelations, we would see that John removed that thunder image to a more Christ-centered writing rather than, you want me to do this? rather than a self-centered approach. Now, here's the thing. John wrote to both Jews and Gentiles. Now, many say that Matthew wrote for the Jew because of the so, much, so many quotations from the Old Testament. And uh, the allusion, the, he alluded a lot about the kingdom and the king. And even uh, in the Great Commission, before the Great Commission, Jesus was saying, the emphasis was, all authority has been given to me saying that he is king. And Luke, the emphasis of Luke was, hey, this is also for the Gentiles. He was writing for his purpose was for the Gentiles. So there were many stories about Gentiles coming to Christ in the story of Luke. Now John wrote to both Jews and Gentiles, or in those days they called them Greeks. No, Greeks because of Greek culture that permeated the different nations. Now, the date, it's kind of a scholar's peg it between A.D. 55. Well, now they say B.C.E. before common era. I still prefer A.D., all right, to A.D. 95. So there's a, a large uncertainty of when the exact date was, 55 to 95. Let's go to the text. Verse 1, please. In the beginning 
was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. John began his narrative by introducing the Word. The first sentence showed the time, companionship, and identity of the Word. Time, companionship, and identity of the Word. This theme will continue throughout the book. And John's style is similar to the Genesis beginning, the creation story, in the sense that both books started with in the beginning. In the beginning. Now, we see here again, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was another name of Christ. But before he was called Jesus, he was only called Jesus when he was born on earth. But before that, he was known as the Word, the Word of God. And the Word of the Lord came too. And the heavens were created by the Word of the Lord in, in, in the book of Psalms. In the beginning was the Word, and then it says the Word was with God. And here's the duality, yet both are truth. true. The duality of the Word was with God, proston theos which is with God, and then the word was God. And if you look at the Greek, the word word in the last phrase, and the word was God, and God is both what they call in the nominative, meaning major subjects. So the other way of writing it is, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and God was the word. Now, what was the emphasis of John? He wanted to say, Christ is God. But he wanted to address this, this, this problem in Jewish thought that how can Jesus be God when there is the Father? And then he would say, the Word became flesh. And having these truths, both of them, was with God implying a relationship. And then implying that actually He is God. The Word was, has no beginning. The Word has no beginning. He existed at the beginning with God. The phrase, the Word was with God, denotes presence and relationship. But the most potent point, the Word was God. Now, this is very important because later on, if you would look at one particular verse at the end of John, this was written, what was written? The gospel, the, the narrative was written so that you may believe and have eternal life. Believe in what? Believe in the truth about Jesus. So if you don't believe in the Jesus revealed in Scripture, you have no eternal life. That's what we say, doctrine is important. And we have to be accurate and specific about this. And there's huge scholarly material that confirms both historical scholars and present scholars that confirm that the word, specifically in Greek, was God. Or God was the word. Now, John connects with both Jew and Greek 
by using the word logos. The word word is logos. Now, some of you, let me just make a side note. Some of us who came from certain circles, there's the logos and there's the rhema. The logos is the written word. The rhema is the personal word. Please, that's wrong. The word rhema is simply meaning speech. And logos is the word. Let me go back. Meaning, I'll talk to you. Speech. John connects with both Jew and Greek. Now, why, why logos? Because he could have used another word. The concept of the word of God was not new to the Jew. And an author named Lizorkin kept emphasizing that, although that's been in the commentaries for a while. That the concept of the Word of God existed in the Old Testament. The sacred scriptures, which is the Old Testament, revealed that the Word of the Lord is a revelation of the Father's will. When the Word of the Lord came to a prophet, or the Word of the Lord created the world... And the word of the Lord came as a judgment. It means God's will revealed. And John subtly, at the start subtly, but later on becoming more clear and more specific, especially in the times when Jesus said, He who has seen me has seen the Father. But John ever so subtly saying, He is the expression of of the Father's will. Now, that's why the Jew would, in John chapter 1, verse 1, uh, the Jew will not contradict it. What's revolutionary was John 1, 14, and the Word became flesh. That's just, whoa! But how will the Greek appreciate, because he's trying to Address because John, in, in a way, is an evangelistic book. How will the Greek Greeks appreciate the logos? Now, there are many, many ideas of the word logos philosophically, but allow me to, to just state one particular group the Stoics. It is a group of, it's a philosophy, and there are philosophers then. If you like, if you've studied philosophy, you'd encounter the Stoics. And there's some today who live up to the Stoics, meaning values above emotion. And there's some nice things that they got to say. And the Stoics believe that what? The Logos is the principle that provided life and order in the universe. And I read that from Carson. Again, they believe that the logos, the principle, is the principle that provided life and order in the universe. You know, cosmos is the word, you know, it's a universe in, in, in order. That's why, if you study scripture, the very language used was cosmos was Something put order into the cosmos. Because if there is no order, it's chaos. 
And there would be no life on earth if it is not so precise and so specific. Now, verse 2 says, he was in the beginning with God. Now, here's the thing when you say he was in the beginning with God. It's not just like this is the root of the history of Christ, like as Matthew would put it or Luke would put it. No, uh, he would use the word NRK in the beginning, right? And he was from the beginning with God, a repetition. He was in the beginning. Now, it's not just in the beginning. You know what that actually meant? Not just beginning, because the word also means, and both are true, in the beginning and because. And RK refers to the origin. The word was the origin of life. Not just, oh, oh, the word was it. No, he's the origin of the cosmos, of the created universe. Next point, creation through the word. Verse three, verse 3, all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. We can see in John 1, or I mean Genesis 1 verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now here, in, in verse 3, how short John wrote it. It's just like, here's the summary, okay? Like, uh, at least Genesis would say, oh, these are the created things, okay? Oh, but John says, uh, well, all things, okay? What's, what did he create? All Things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So John summarizes the creation story in one phrase. Now every, everything existed through him, and nothing could exist without him. The word is the origin of the universe. So ladies and gentlemen, fellow worshipers, when we worship the Lord it's not just the Christ on the cross we must see. The Christ on the cross and who rose again was also and is also our origin. So how should we worship? In reverence. Now going back again, the word of the Lord was not a foreign concept in the Old Testament. The prophets heard the word of the Lord, and his word accomplished its purpose. Take note. God would speak his word, and his word will accomplish its purpose. However, John will claim that the word is the Son of God personified in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, John, the author, expressed the truth of Christ's deity. Can you say the word deity? Deity. deity? deity. Okay. That is not diet. It is D-E-I-T-Y. Deity. What is, what is that? It's Christ being God. The deity of Christ. The deity of Christ. 
Now, John, the author, expressed the truth of Christ's deity throughout his account, throughout the Gospels. Now, some would say, no, Christ was only man. But if you say in verse 1 that he's only man, then that is not supported by the rest of John's writings. Again and again in the writings of John, he did not just say, maybe he is one of the gods, as some would interpret it. Or he is just a man. Well, he is man and God. He was God and he became man. It's not 50-50, it's 100 and 100. Now, the author explained that God's agent of creation was the word Christ. Now, the word was pre-existent. What does that mean, uncreated? Can you say the word uncreated? He was uncreated, okay? Which means the author points us again to the deity of Christ. The author exclaimed that nothing existed without him, establishing that Christ created all things. Again, there's that duality. You can say Christ created all things. You can say it was the Father who created all things. And this is the language used. And how do we understand these things? We understand it based on how the authors wrote it and try our best to grasp what they meant then and what it means now. Now, we don't change the word because philosophy and culture wants us to change it. We believe that God inspired the writers to write. And its relevance is still up to today if we only study and understand it. Third point, light and life giver. Let's read verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The source of light and life is the creator through the word. Now man has no light and life by himself. If you remember the creation story, it was God who gave them light. And then it was God who breathed the breath of life in Adam. Physical life and light comes from God alone. Furthermore, let me add this now. As John seems to shift to the spiritual. Furthermore, spiritual life comes from Christ alone. Otherwise, we are in darkness. Now, John's mention of life refers to both physical and spiritual. Now, the physical perspective connects to the creation story, but the spiritual angle connects to the ministry of Christ because Christ spoke about eternal life. Christ spoke about, in my Father's house are many mansions, and I prepare a place for you. Christ speaks about us with Him dwelling together in eternity. Now, if people just say uh, that the New Testament is all about being good, well, we, we, we do not contradict that we should do good. But if they center more on, on, on the actions of Christ without the teaching of Christ, and I think that is incomplete, it's very important that we understand that His teaching is not only to be good to others, but to understand who He is. That if we believe, believe what? Everything written about Him. 
This was written, the book was written that you may believe and have eternal life. It's not a passive belief of, I know there is a God. No, I know who He is as revealed. Of course, God is incomprehensible in His totality, but He has allowed us to know Him on what is revealed, and we are satisfied with that. Perhaps when He welcomes us in glory, we will know more. In fact, I have questions to ask. But some of your questions are already answered in the Bible. Like one of you asked, you know, when... When we, if ever, you know, we go to heaven, uh, are, are we still married? They said, no, we are not. No, we are not. Will we know each other? We didn't say you won't know each other. No, it's just, but it's just, hey, she was my wife on earth. That's already answered in the Bible. Now, some of you say, oh, I still want to be with my husband or wife. And the other half of you says, praise God, <laughs> I am free. So, uh, whatever it is, uh, I'm sure some of the ladies, when it's just them, they're going to say, praise God. <laughs> and also the men, but together, I, I hope we know each other more there. You know? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> he is the light and life giver. Now, let's go back to creation. One may say that the word was the breath of life given to Adam. That breath that Adam breathed, we now breathe it. Because that life was given to Adam. And woman was created. And they had children. So, if you ask me, Adam is my grandfather to the X degree. Yours too. What does that mean? Our great-great-grandfather to the, to the X exponentially brought sin into the world. And we needed somebody to come to give us life, to forgive us our sin. Because sin is connected always to darkness. Let's read verse 4 and 5. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. One translation says, and the darkness did not comprehend or understand it. Again, John, using this word, both are true. And it's supported in the epistle, or I'm sorry, in, in the writing of the gospel that, yes, the darkness did not understand, but also the darkness did not overcome. Both languages are, are supported in the whole book. Now, don't you start saying, Pastor, I think I found a verse with a dual meaning. If the context does not support the dual meaning, it has no dual meaning, okay? Now, some would even say it has multiple meanings depending on who's preaching. That's a cult. Now, 
Now, yet one may conclude that spiritual life, which John would call eternal life, comes solely from him. As the Father gave life to Adam, eternal life comes solely through Christ our Lord. Now, let's look at some application. Believe he is God. Believe that the Word is God and that nothing existed in creation without him. Before the Word became man, he was the Word before time and creation. God did not create him. He was with him and he is him. John wrote to tell the readers, which were both Jews and Gentiles, in the same way we tell everybody that Jesus Christ is God. Before he was named Jesus, he existed as the word from eternity. And we had a glimpse of this in the Old Testament because the word of the Lord was present in Scripture. And there were writings even during... Before New Testament times, Jewish writers that claim that the Word of God is somewhat of a persona as well. But those are extra-biblical, although the biblical already says that the Word of the Lord existed. Next, we have to know the origin. What is the origin of the universe? Our answer is direct. All things originated from God. Now, uh, in, there are different theologians going back to Genesis uh, who have different perspectives. Some believe it's a little, literal six days that the world was created. And some are more, have give leeway. It could be figurative. But they never compromise it. It was God who created. If it's a figurative uh, six days, six day, one day might be how many thousands of years. Yet... They both agree, theologians, many of them agree, if ever that is, it is still he who created that. Like when you see the word soon in the Bible, it's not literally soon as we think today. Soon is next week, sometimes for us. It's relative. So I remember, you know, when, have you gone hiking with a hiking guide? I've tried once. Then... It's just there. And there is seven kilometer walk uphill. For them, it's just there because that's what they do every day. Walk 20 kilometers down and up. It's just there. While I was breathing heavily, hoping I had two walking sticks with me. And when I saw the stream of clear water, <gasps> we're near? Yes, we're near. This is the sign that we're near. We're not near. It was still another two-kilometer uphill walk. So we were not near. Um, however, it's still God. All things originated from God. We explained to them that the Word is God. Therefore, we must firmly believe in our roots, God's Word. Now, somebody would say to me, isn't Adam and Eve a myth? Do you believe in Adam and Eve? Do we have any supporting documents? My answer is simple. I believe Christ is well documented in history, both in the Bible and historically from other historical writers. He existed. The apostles existed. Those who claimed they saw him rise from the dead or saw him alive existed. The documents existed. 
outside Bible writing. There are historical accounts of that. I believe in Christ, and Christ believed in the creation story of Adam and Eve. Therefore, I believe in Adam and Eve. Simple as that. Because I believe. The origin of the universe is not a simple bang. I'm not saying the Big Bang is in contradiction, but it's not a simple bang. Nor is it by chance. Intelligence cannot attribute the beauty and complexity of existence to chance. Look, you're intelligent people, right? And some of you have very nice clothes today. You think that beauty just suddenly happened? Oh, I woke up like this. No, you did not. You took the effort, okay, to put order to the chaos in the morning. Everything from the clothes you wear and how you fix your hair, ladies. The shoes that we have to make sure gentlemen are clean. And to make sure the seven-day-old pants we have look new. We have to put order into the chaos. Now, look at the universe. It's too perfect. I mean, can, can you say the colors of the flowers came by chance? When we have to have nice color in our clothes to make it look good, you visit creation, it's just naturally beautiful. Can you just imagine the idea of a seed to grow into a tree? Can you imagine the cycles of night and day? Can you imagine that if we were closer to the sun a little more, we will burn to death? And take the earth a little more away from the sun, we will freeze to death. It's too perfect. You see, men tried to, because we are given the creative powers of God, we were in the image of God, so we create. But we can only create based on what God created. I, could not, I did not conjure up this, this podium out of nowhere. No, we had to create things that were already created by God. The human eye. The beauty of the human eye, aside from its beauty in its socket, but its capacity to focus. I can look far, I can look near. And as we grow old, we need the aid of glasses. But man keeps trying to create these lenses and a camera, but we have not really achieved can you imagine the eye adjust just with our mind? Just with the mind. He is the creator. Our simple is answer. The origin is God himself. Now, usually when I speak with atheists, and I, I, I love engaging them, 
They talk, I talk, I listen. But the, the usual thing that I say, since they say, I believe in science, therefore I do not believe in creation. Oh, okay. Well, first I said there are many scientists who are actually believers. Because the more they study, they cannot dispute the fact that it's too complex and too beautiful to say that it happened by chance. And then I ask you, can I ask you a philosophical question, but also a scientific question? Can something come out of nothing? Because a true scientist cannot say that something came from nothing. And you talk about an origin of life that somehow was a cell and evolved, evolution, evolved. But let's talk about the origin of that. Can something come out of nothing? Just answer that, and the answer is usually impossible. That's why we believe in the pre-existent Word of God. He was there from the beginning, but not just meaning from the beginning, He is the origin. Now, third is live in His life. Yeah, going back, if there was a Big Bang, what was before that? Nothing? Really, nothing? The concept of space itself was created. Nothing. Live in His life. We thank God for our very existence in our every waking moment. Uh, Hebrews chapter 1 also says that He sustains everything by the word of His power. He, he sustains everything. That's why I believe in the sovereign God who sustains everything. Yesterday, we were having a meal with some pastors from different parts of Biko. And of course, the usual talk among people who are aging, gradually aging or aging advanced or fastly aging, is health. And so now many of us are quack doctors about health, right? Quack nutritionists. Means we didn't really study it. We just read it somewhere in Facebook. But some of us really took the time to study uh, the scientific materials. And, uh, but we were all disrupted by our chairman saying, well, if it's your time, it's your time. There is a lot of truth in the statement, but I'm not advocating careless eating. But there's truth in the statement, if it's time, if it is time. Every waking moment, forevermore, we thank God that we are alive. We thank God for His Son. We thank God for the life and the light that shines in the darkness. We believe in Him who leads us to eternal life. He created light, but in Him was life. And the darkness cannot understand it, and I, hopefully we understand this. Hopefully we understand John, because if every Sunday we go for it line by line, and at the end it's like, I still don't get it. I might say to you, probably you're not chosen. No, sorry, I don't want to say that. That's too... Only God knows, all right? 
We go line by line with a heart that believes, a heart that is hungry. By God's grace, we will understand it. Um, because the darkness cannot understand the light. But also the darkness cannot overcome the light. You know, I, I watch all these films. Oh, like Star Wars. Yeah, good versus evil, light versus darkness. No, light and darkness, let's not confuse it that there's an equal fight here. Let's not confuse that. Because darkness is simply the absence of light. The darkness cannot eat up when you light something. I mean, you only lose the light if your battery dies. But once there is light, the darkness cannot shadow the light. When you light a match, a light, there's a light in the darkness, and there's no battle against darkness and light. I mean, the enemy of fire might be the lack of oxygen or the wind. <laughs> but darkness cannot overcome, will not overcome the light. Now we believe in Him because He leads us to eternal life. Again, without Him, there is no creation. And there is no life without the Son. We live in spiritual darkness. However, the Father's love through the Son allowed us to experience the light of the Son. Therefore, we believe and we worship. Through the Father's love, praise God. But later on, we will read and study that the gospel is good news for those who believe. But it is condemnation to those who do not. Because Jesus said, I do not come to condemn the world. It's already condemned. And why will they be judged? Because they did not believe. Believe in what? Hmm. What we will read as John would write it. But how can you believe? You don't even read your Bible. No, you do. Amen. Right? I trust you do. I'm only speaking to those who don't. But how can you believe what the details are if you don't even read? Without Him, there is no creation. Without Christ, there is no eternal life. So allow me to share in closing a poem entitled, Deity on Display. The beginning of history, the origin and mystery. He is the word of creation. Let it sink the information. Without the word, nothing was made. That is deity in display, uncreated, but in a way knowable. He made all which is notable. The word was there before all things. Life is from him. That is where it springs. With God was God and nothing less. And his light shines in the darkness. And the darkness cannot understand, cannot overcome or withstand the sun's light will always prevail. His work in us will never fail. That is all right. That is good. Lord, thank you. You are good and you are gracious. We thank you for preserving this document that endured throughout history. The many copies of the gospel according to John. Thank you.
But now we can read and study it and learn and believe in it. For in believing, there is eternal life. And it's not just believing some vague thing. It is detailed in the book. Thank you for this morning. May we always remember that indeed you are love, yet you are the origin. The word Christ is the origin. Nothing was made without Him. All things existed through Him. And in Him is light. Light, both the light we enjoy in the, on earth and in the universe, but also light, spiritual light, in the darkness in our souls. He is life, and not only the life we see on earth, not just the physical life, but life that is spiritual, that is eternal. Thank you. Allow us to appreciate the sacred scriptures more. For his words, they are spirit and they are life. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of his spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. God bless you. And before you go, why don't you shake hands with a few people and get to know a few people. God bless you. Good morning.